Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fanny Pack Podcast. You're here with Dolly and Kiara. And today, uh, we're not spilling tea today. We're not yelling and screaming. At least I hope <laughs> not. Uh, we, we wanted to take a little bit of a chill. So we put Harry Potter away for now because even though we love Harry Potter, we have opinions about it. Yeah. Uh, and today we decided to talk talk about something that we have uh, less volatile feelings about. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Yay! Oh, God. Um, <laughs> again, Lord of the Rings is one of those fandoms that we love, but um, <laughs> we're a little bit critical of. Not, like, to the, to the degree of Harry Potter, just because... I want to say it's because we, because of how close Harry Potter is, it stirs some things up when we become critical of it. Um, but Lord of the Rings, I find myself being more critical of it than Kiara. Um, one of the things we will never agree on is the Hobbit trilogy. She loves it. I think it's an abomination. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the fact that they tried to bring it to screen. I enjoyed the fact that they tried to, you know, kind of plant some stuff for Lord of the Rings. But the thing is, and I know so many people have said it before me, but The Hobbit was written before Lord of the Rings was ever conceptualized. Before it was a thing. Mm -hmm. The Hobbit is not so much a prequel to Lord of the Rings as a precursor. So it's something that exists in that world, but that world is not developed. That world is not as fleshed out. It was a story for kids. That's all it was. And then Lord of the Rings came along um, because The Hobbit was so popular, but Lord of the Rings came along because Tolkien wanted to write something for his children when they were adults. So that's how kind of like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings are tangentially related to each other. You can kind of bridge the gap between them if you read The Silmarillion. I think that's how you pronounce it. Silmarillion? The Silmarillion. Which I have, by the way. It was a slog. But I, I, I like, I want to say it helps me so much understand the world of Lord of the Rings better. Because. I know that, like, Lord of the Rings is, like, 50% world-building, 50% plot, right? Because it goes so hard developing the world, because The Hobbit didn't do that. He didn't think to do that in The Hobbit, because that's not what The Hobbit was for. It was just the story. So, on one hand, I kind of agree how, in the movie, they tried to kind of plant some things that were like, you know, to show that this is the same universe and these are, you know, ostensibly sort of the same people, especially the people that were like returning from Lord of the Rings. Um, I just kind of like how it ended up tying into the Lord of the Rings, making it the start of Frodo's adventure. 
And like, I can see that because, you know, we have hindsight now and we can see that these are two ostensibly connected worlds. Um, yeah, but that's... But I think therein lies the problem for the Hobbit series. It wanted so badly to be Lord of the Rings 2.0. But if anything, it was Lord of the Rings 1.0 in terms of like source material and trying to make the Hobbit something large and grandiose as Lord of the Rings. Like, it's great that you can pull from the other bits of material from Tolkien, but at the end of the day, you're going to end up with a product that feels that feels less like The Hobbit and more like Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna say it. It feels less like The Hobbit and more like Lord of the Rings. Ah, balloon. Sorry. Are you going to are you are you going to input something in this conversation, Kiara, or am I gonna be talking to myself? Uh I don't know, to be honest. I'm a little scared to say my opinion. Please say your opinion. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> I actually love the series because of how they did it. Like, the like both series as a whole were amazing, in my opinion. Along with the movies. The Hobbit was a single book. You can tell Kiara has not read the source material. <laughs> we own it! I just never have time to read it. The Hobbit is a rel- it's like a much smaller book though. Like it's a much smaller book. It's- it's ostensibly the size of one of your YA novels. Dolly! It's, it's smaller than all of the Percy Jackson books. Is all I'm gonna say. The Hobbit is- smaller. It's a children's story. Dolly. What? What's been going on lately for me not to be able to read it? Literally nothing? I mean, unless you're saying that you don't have time to read in a panoramic. In a time where we're all stuck inside. A pandemic? I call it a panoramic, okay? Um... No, because remember, I'm usually the one that goes out to the grocery shopping because you can't wear the masks. Yeah, but we're inside like all month up until that point. And if I'm not here, I'm usually somewhere else. Yeah, I'm just saying. And I could read it there, but usually I'm too busy gaming to read. Okay, I, I know we, we haven't talked about fan theories yet, but... That's just a game theory. I'm so sorry she said fan theories, so I just went game theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, I, I, game theory moment where I was just like, I wanted to shout out MatPat and then I realized... If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who he is. Just as simple as that. I don't know why I, the tiny little 
podcast host is shouting out this giant YouTuber who's like six years older than me. But you know, that's that's you know. Anyway, Dolly back on topic. Um. So I saw this article online, and it it was a fan theory about Lord of the Rings, and it just. It fucking blew my mind. Um, Why don't you tell us about it? So, the theory was that Snow White, like, the story of Snow White takes place in Middle-earth. Oh, oh, wait, I think you told me about this. I think I have. Um, and at first that sounds so fucking ridiculous because you're like, what? The dwarves! Nothing, nothing sounds the same. How, how, how does this work? Um, Take I'll tell you. the time you, period. Not, not just the time period, but, but because there's no set time in Snow White. It, the way it's set up, there's, there's dwarves. There's huntsmen. Do you know what, do you you know the part of the theory that actually, like, kind of sold me? Because, like, it it starts off that the reason the prince and Snow White don't have to really know each other for this theory to work is because it already exists, like, in the lore. It's Baron and Lutian. And if y'all don't know who Lutian is, she is a ancestor of Arwen and Elrond. Ooh. And Baron, I believe he was one of the Maiar. I'm pretty sure. It, You'd know more than me. I haven't read the books, remember? It might have been. It, mm, Jesus Christ, it might have fucking been Gandalf. I don't know. Um, <laughs> listen, the the um the wizards can take like any shape they want. They're like they're kind of like the elves. Shapes they have first. this thing called the fanar, which is like. They can kind of mold their outside shape to however they want. And then they were kind of reborn as wizards. I, I, I'm shaky on the lore because it's been a while since I've read the books. But, um, and that's how that kind of works. And if you notice, in Snow White, the prince has a white horse. Gandalf has a white horse named Shadowfax. Shadowfax. I believe he's like the spirit of Baron's horse. Um, but like I said, don't quote me on this part of the lore because it's shaky. It's been a while since I read the Cimmerillion. It's been a while since I read Lord of the Rings, okay? But the part of this theory that sold me, and I can hear y'all in the back now going, but the dwarves are named stupid things like Sleepy, Dopey, and Doc, right? Until you start translating the dwarves' names from the Hobbit. In, in like, Scandinavian languages. Do you want to know what their fucking names mean? What? Doc. Sleepy. Dopey. Grumpy. Okay. It, that shit, that's the shit that fucking sold me, okay? See, I'm gonna 
come at this as a little bit of a, a Shane from BuzzFeed is a little bit skeptical here. Okay. When was the story of Snow White written by the Grimm brothers? Um, I think it was roughly. Roughly translated by the Grimm brothers in like, oh fuck, 1800s? Lord of the Rings was written in the early 1900s. I realize that. And when was Lord of the Rings written? Oh god, I think the 1950s, I think? Could Snow White have been the inspiration for the dwarves in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, that's totally possible. And I am not opposed to the idea that he based that Tolkien, because, well, it's common fact that Tolkien based a lot of his lore on, like, folk tales. Also, whoa. You go in there about how the prince had a white horse. Yes. Now, are we 100% certain of how old Gandalf is? We know he's about as old as Middle-earth itself. Because he was- So maybe Gandalf could have been the prince because he had a white horse. Yeah. And the child of the prince and Snow White could be one of the ones from Lord of the Rings. No. Um. What it, what it, because Luthi, Baron and Luthien were the ancestors of like Arwen and Alrond and even Aragorn. Yeah. Because they're all descended from. And Legolas. <laughs> yeah, ostensibly. Because they're all kind of descended from like the same group. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't fucking remember what they're called, but they're. Oof, it's. The Lord of the Rings backstory got much, much more complicated as he was writing out the lore. I'm not gonna lie to you. Some of it lost me in the beginning. <laughs> um, but you can totally see at least the inspiration there. And I just, it's interesting to chew on, is all I'm going to say. There's some food for thought. It's some food for thought. Um, anyway, back, back to Lord of the Rings, because that, that's definitely not enough to make a whole podcast episode on. It's just a no, tidbit. No, because we're literally only at 14 minutes, Dolly. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, mm. Speaking of Dolly, her book is live! Oh, on God. Amazon, the podcast, or the uh, uh, ebook, and the paperback, twenty-five bucks. So if y'all want to support Dolly, check out her book. It, it it's called Pandora's Pine Box by Dolly LaCruz. Not so dearly departed, but what's the name of the series that you're going in? Overall, it's called Pandora's Ghosts. Anyway, oh god, I can't believe you just promoted my book. <laughs> I'm your sister, I have to. <laughs> I can't no, believe- I, no, that, That's not what I mean, not, not, that, not that I have to, it's- I feel like 
I want to. I can't, and I want to. I can't believe I have a book. I can't. I can't. You're I can't. one step ahead of me on that. I. I know I didn't want to like promo or talk about my book on this podcast, but I need to like talk to y'all for a second because like we're departing from the actual. We're departing for a minute. We're tangenting for a yes. minute. I. I think. Dolly, speak. I can't believe that my work is out there for the world to see. For the world to see. With my fucking name on it. Dolly McCruz. My work is out there with my name on it, and I'm gonna get paid for it. She's already got a couple people who have purchased her book. It's so mind boggling. It's a little weird in my opinion because I'm I'm not used to having an author as a sister. I'm not used to being an author. <gasps> you always said you you're, you want to be an author and you finally got your I, shit out into the world. I did. I did. And now my shit is out there. And now I just got to work on mine. I hope you I'm not going to say anything about mine because I'm only starting on the first chapter. I, I hope y'all will forgive me for that. I just, I needed to get that out there. Um, anyway. Um, are we going to talk about how there's only three canonical women in Lord of the Rings? Or are, 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 are we going to... Three. There is Sam's wife. Who is not named, except for in the films. I meant in the books. In the books, there is Arwen, Galadriel, and Eowyn. They don't even give Sam's wife a name in the book. Uh, wait, what is the one? What is the one? Who is the one that Ryder, or Ryder? Aragorn? Aragorn falls in love with. Arwen? Tariel's not actually even in The Hobbit. Galadriel wasn't even in The Hobbit. It was it it, it was a bro uh, weekend. Uh, uh Tariel. She was the one that was supposed to be under Legolas's watch, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I I mix up my characters sometimes, so forgive me. Please be a tiny ass. Um, oh, it's a pear tree. And, and like, being being fully honest, I think I think they did some something when they actually gave Aowen an active part in the films to a certain degree. Because those films came out when I was like super little, and yet you fell in love with them even though you were little. I. I did fall in love with them, but let me tell you, the minute that Eowyn took off her helmet and said, I am no man, I was like, bitch, that's my future. (laughs) (laughs) Like, bitch, (laughs) that, that was kind of, to be fair, that's kind of the moment my parents should have realized I was gay. Um, (laughs) It's just, that was such an iconic moment and I feel like I think it set the, the tone 
for the entire movie with her character. I, like, I think it just it set a tone for uh, like so many female characters coming after her. Um, and whether they have met or failed that expectation. It, it, this is an episode for a different part of the podcast, but, um... We got on a tangent there about strong women. Yeah, just a tiny one. Just just a little one. Just a little that one. I dropped you. It's the ADHD. Um, anyway. Ah, sugar foot. But she doesn't really have those moments in the books the way she did in the movie. Which kind of sucks. Yeah, which kind of sucks. I would have loved to have seen that in, or I would have loved to have read that in the book. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for Tolkien, because I don't know that man. I was never and can never be in his head. Um, I don't think that he only saw women as passive, but I can't tell you the truth on that one, because I don't know. A lot of his views are actually- assumptions because you don't know the man. I don't want to make assumptions. Um, I actually know very little about his personal life, because I don't think his personal life is all that well documented. The only kind of political view I can tell you about that man is, oh boy, did he hate the Nazis. Oh boy, did he hate the Nazis. <laughs> Which is it, it, just so interesting to me because you, you've seen some like skinhead groups try to adopt Tolkien's iconography. And uh, number one, it doesn't usually last long <laughs> and number two <sighs> it's so fucking ironic when you see it because you realize that Tolkien kind of sort of also wrote Lord of the Rings to take Scandinavian lore back from the Nazis it was a giant middle finger <laughs> It, it, it served a multitude of purposes for him, but ultimately my favorite one is the fuck you to the Nazis. Because who doesn't like to say fuck you to the Nazis? I don't think we can talk about Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, however, without talking about how it kind of broke New Zealand. How did it break New Zealand? New Zealand! Okay, so what happened was when they were talking about filming The Hobbit, like before anything started, when they were talking about it was being filmed in New Zealand, some of the workers, like the actors and like, you know, backstage guys, the roadies? The roadies and stuff like that were kind of setting up a little, like, you know, boycott the Hobbit because when they come there they use contract work with actors which is not very secure which is actually really terrible for them and uh, let's just say they don't come to America to do that for reasons of legality 
So they wanted to use, the um, New Zealand Actors Guild kind of wanted to use this as like a test case to see if they could get more rights for themselves. Because New Zealand actors, they're treated terribly. Like on an international stage, like ju just, just, if you want like a little bit more info about how shitty they treated the New Zealand actors, please watch Lindsay Ellis's video on The Hobbit, please. Because, like, she does a deep dive. It's, like, oof. It's a lot, but... Well, I don't really know anything towards that. So. It, just let me, let me tell you how worse it gets. New Line Cinema and Peter Jackson essentially threatened to pull the whole project out of New Zealand. They said, well, we'll take our ball and go home. The Prime Minister of New Zealand responded to this by uh, essentially making it even worse to work as an actor in New Zealand, cut them a deal saying, yeah, we'll like, we'll just make sure that these people can't riot. Um, which was like absolutely terrible. And Sounds like it. Like, I know this isn't professional or anything, but uh, him responding by stabbing his own people in the back just to get a film there, like film to be like shot and produced there, kind of sounds like political dick sucking to me, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> it, so it sounds like political dick sucking. Uh, yeah. And not even on the part of the studio the part of the politician like political dick sucking is all I can akin to it political that's, bullshit. All, that's the only the only like the only way I can describe it that feels correct is political bullshit political dick sucking that that's what it is he basically like he sold out his own fucking country. Just to get a fucking Just movie. to get a fucking movie! I'm sorry to headphone users. That's just some bullshit to me. And, like, um... Like, in Lindsay Ellis's video, she kinda... She actually gets to talk to one of the actors who was on the set. Um, one of the New Zealand actors? One of the dwarves. She got to talk to... He was the... Oh, I can't remember which one he played. Uh, it was either Gimli or one of them. No, he had... Did Gimli come out? It was... No, it was what the... Um, Gloin, not Gimli. Right. Gimli is his son. It was the guy... I think it was the guy who used the, like, ear horn thing. Nori, maybe? been a while it's it's been a while it's been a hot minute since i've actually watched that but um yeah i he, haven't downloaded he spoke about um you know they didn't even originally invite them to the red carpet are you <laughs> they invited like the main three like they invited the actors who played like thorin and Legolas. Legolas and Philly and Killy, but like half of those guys didn't even get invited to the red carpet until they made a stink online and the studio was like, oh, sorry, we just forgot. 
but you must have received your invitations, so here's your shit. Oh, I, mmm. That would have really pissed me off. Mm. It, <clears throat> it pissed me off when I watched the video, and I, I think that's kind of part of what soured me toward Hobbit, is like, She says we're not going to rant and rave during this podcast. And now we're ranting and raving. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I don't think they care. Hmm. It's just kind of sad that The Hobbit was like one of the last films that Christopher Lee worked on. Because you talk about cast stories from the Lord of the Rings series. And you hear these, like, glowing discussions about how they... Wow! How they they talked about how much fun they had backstage and how much fun they had with their characters. And it it, it sounds... There's, like, nine hours of extras on the Lord of the Rings films. And everybody in every shot looks like they're having a good time. But yet... And then you look at the extras on The Hobbit. Everybody looks tired. Everybody looks like they don't give a shit. Christopher Lee looks like he's just coming there for a paycheck. <laughs> you know, I, I, and it's so sad. I hate to cut into this glorious fandom moment, but... If anybody out there has an island with peaches, please send me your dodo codes. We're we're dying to get peaches on our island, and we can't seem to find an island that has peaches. So drop your dodo codes in the description down below. In the comments in on the comments SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, because we need peaches. If you have peaches on your island, put your dodo code in. Please, I am begging. <laughs> we'll trade you cherries. Anyway. We have pears. That was our starting fruit. Anyway. Sorry. I'm just getting royally teeked here because I've do been you, to almost 12 islands you, and I can't find peaches. Do you actually have anything to add to this discussion? On what, 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 what happened in the New Zealand? Or just generally on how, like, backstage for The Hobbit, things were just not good. They were just not fun. I haven't actually seen the, um, excuse me, extras. Okay, but, like, just, what are your general thoughts on it? Sounds like a bunch of horse shit. Yeah, yeah, it does, it does. So, what are your uh, Lord of the Rings slash The Hobbit hot takes? I actually, besides the bullshit, I actually enjoyed the movies. I think, if I'm 100% honest. I think they're one of those films that you can enjoy as long as you aren't quite familiar with the source material. <laughs> yeah. Cause, See, I'm familiar now. But it doesn't change how I feel about the movies. Like, I'm pissed off. Because your first exposure was the movie. 
Yes. Lord of the Rings as like a standalone trilogy. I'm pissed off at the way they did it, but yeah. I and think... don't even don't even get me started how they originally had Guillermo del Toro set to direct, and then suddenly kicked him off the project for Peter Jackson. And even though they said it was an amicable separation, and like he went of his own volition, that man looks like he lost his wife in interviews when he talks about it. Um, how did you say that? Do I have to repeat myself? They basic. What they're basically saying is that they they mutually agreed to go separate ways. But you don't get that impression when you talk to Guillermo del Toro about it. Which is so disappointing because I got a man face stink bug! It reminds me of my uncle. <laughs> Which is so disappointing to me because... Oh my god! A Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit imagined by Guillermo del Toro? Anything can be made better with Guillermo del Toro! Um, I don't want to ask this for fear that if people know who he is, he's very well known. He's a director, a writer, producer. He, do you want to know how he is tangentially important? Hmm. Alfonso Cuaron, you know, he directed Prisoner of Azkaban. Sure. He was not going to follow the books at all. He was gonna like, only like, he's gonna go his own way with the film and kinda, you know, whatever. He was gonna do that with Prisoner? Prisoner of Azkaban. Here we go with the Harry Potter. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro basically did the equivalent of running up to him with a copy of the book and throwing it at his head like, no, read the damn book. <laughs> I think it's no coincidence that Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> is my favorite Harry Potter film. Uh, I think my favorite would have to be four. Be well, it's a toss up between three and four. I like three. Four, four is, I want to say, interestingly, four is like the safest like in terms of editing, directing, and whatnot. Three, I, the reason why I love three is because of the punch scene between Draco and Hermione. Three is very, it's, it's much more like gothic and kind of spooky to me, which I, I'll admit it, I'm a whore for goth. I am a whore for like, you know, just that whole scene. Strangely, do not dress goth myself, but like, if it's dark and spooky and kind of moody and atmospheric and gothic, if it kind of reminds me of Nightmare Before Christmas, I'm fucking down. She's a Nightmare Before Christmas fanatic. I watched that shit on Halloween, too. I'm pretty sure a lot of us do. To be fair, though, I'm, I'm also one of those weirdos that watches Die Hard on Christmas, so... <laughs> Die Hard is a fucking Christmas movie. Fight me. I think this is one of the ones where we actually have something we disagree on. 
Besides our opinion of the Hobbit. Okay, here's here here's something that's gonna like bug you a little bit because I know how to get to you. You've got to choose. Are you really gonna make me choose on air? I'm gonna make you fucking choose on air because you do it to me. When have I done it to you? Oh, you haven't done it yet, but you would. Dolly, you're gonna kill me. Legolas. Or... Killy, but he lives. Oh! See, this hurts. This actually fucking hurts because... They're both my husbands. But... <clears throat> I'm so sorry, Killy, but I gotta go with my defying gravity boy. <laughs> my Legolas. Uh, you know, I I actually started making a new Lord of the Rings OC and I was going through and I was like, okay. I can't pick Legolas as a love interest. I can't pick Legolas as a love interest. I can't pick Legolas. Person who would fit as a love interest for her. Fuck! <laughs> you know what? If that's the case, I would take Killy in a heartbeat. You know, you if want... it means you get to have Legolas, I will gladly give up my one of my husbands so then you can have Because like the worst thing is like I had I, as I was like making up her character. My brain was like, well, I could actually start their love story in The Hobbit and bring it into Lord of the Rings. No, Dolly, bad Dolly, you can't have Legolas. See, here's the thing. I, as, as, as like, in terms of like who I naturally gravitate towards to in like fandoms is kind of like, well, what does it tell you that the first character that I ever, like, got attached to in a serious television show, television show was Xander Harris from Buffy, okay? And that just set a precedent for the kind of guys that I would be like, oh, nope. I have a platonic crush on you now, and I need to protect you with my life. Is that, like, some of your... Your anime characters you make up because you, you're like, um, the one from Diabolic Lovers, the one who walks around with the teddy bear, you always call him your son. Yes, yes, I, I have, you have husbands, I have sons. Because <laughs> it's like, mm, I don't know what it is, because like, when it comes to my romantic life, I'm loving you. Shut the fuck up. Romantically, I am attracted to the Regina Georges. Platonically, platonically, I would be more interested in like a style Stalinsky, okay? Oh, my honey. I would be like much more interested in like, I, I would be much more interested in the Izuka Midoriya 
for my anime friends. In, in the, uh... Fuck, what is the blue-haired kid's name from Assassination Classroom? Nagisa? Nagisa! Nagisa is my fucking son! <laughs> Nagisa is her son and Karma is my husband. As I know, and, my hair. <laughs> and, and, and now here's the interesting thing, though, about uh, other anime fandoms. I've gotten into Haikyuu recently. I think that's how you pronounce it. Haikyuu. Haikyuu, the volleyball anime. Volleyball? <laughs> the volleyball anime. You think you, 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 th you would think? Oh, Sarah, with, with with your patterns, you would get attached to Hinata. Nope. Fuck no. For some reason, I am into Tanaka. I, I am ride or die for Tanaka, and I don't know why. <laughs> See, and then there's My Hero Academia. I don't personally like it, because to me it feels like it's a superhero knockoff. They're trying to be like um, Marvel. But in that show, Todoroki. Oh, one Todoroki who, is good. The Todoroki one who looks good. like... Azuko uh, and Karma Akabane put together. Yeah. It's like they merged the two and had to a baby. Todoroki is really good. Um, he's like another one of my sons, but only because like... I, I, I don't agree with his attitude like 90% of the time. But oh my god, I would fist fight Endeavor. Oh my god, I would fist fight him. Like, full stop. Like, I... I actually made a character that legit went up to, like, that was paired with Todoroki, and legit, when she first met Endeavor, she was like, save the doting daddy act on me, fuck off. <laughs> like, I made- You did the same thing with, I believe it was Sango, your OC for Naruto, with, uh, Gara. Oh my god. <laughs> See, the weird thing is, Gara is, like, so far out of, like, my normal. For characters she I came walking to. in and stomped all over my heart with that one. She's like, Gara is so far out of my normal for characters that I get like overly attached to. Like for a while it was Naruto that and I got weirdly attached to. And Rock Lee. And, but like, I am still overly attached to Rock Lee, okay? He is your child. He's my and now, son, and I, I and just want to protect him. And now Metal Lee is your grandson. Yeah, kind of. I, but it, it's like, like I said, though, Gara. I don't know where the hell that came from. Yeah, you came in and walked all over my heart. He was my brother before he was your son. Oh, shut the fuck up. Oh, God, we're off topic. But anyway, using this as to swing back around. Normally, I would get attached to, and I am, by the way, overly attached to, like, Mary. Mary, okay? Mary and Pippin. Mary and Pippin are, like, chaotic shitheads, and I love them. Those would be my brothers. Like, I could literally see myself hanging out with them as siblings. But sometimes... When I, Shit, like, make a new character, which is how I got to this Legolas dilemma. Sometimes when I make a new character, I'm like, no, I'm going to test myself out of my box here, out of my little comfort zone here. I'm going to try to make a character for a character that I, I don't particularly feel one way or another about. 
but I feel like could be interesting. Because if I'm making OCs for male characters, I'm more of the type where I'm... I almost see it as like setting up two of my friends as opposed to like, oh, I love this person so much, I want to be with them. And then like making my character self-insert, you know? To be fair, most of my characters have like essences of me in them. But it's not like a usual attraction thing. Unless it's a female character that they're being paired with. And then you know like a hundred and fucking ten percent. It's because I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Lord of the Rings. Ooh. I can't. I just, I, I'm laughing too hard to even think at this current moment. Um, you speak while I'm, I, I catch my breath. Woo. And this, of course, this is in contrast to Dolly, who was always like Legolas. From the time we like first saw it as kids, she uh, was did like, you "Just call me Dolly." I said Kiara. You said Dolly. I said Kiara. You said Dolly. I'm not Dolly. No, I'm no, Kiara. Upright no, no, no. oh, reshoot. This is in contrast to Kiara, who has always liked Legolas. He has, he has like been hers the entire time these films have been out I, I fucking remember the first time we watched Lord of the Rings Legolas came on TV and oh god Kiara just kind of stared for a minute and I was like oh this is gonna be an obsession <laughs> and then I found out the actor Orlando Bloom was in Pirates of the Caribbean I'm like yes Fucking Amen! Yes. We uh, watched. We weirdly watched a lot of stuff as kids with Orlando Bloom in it. After that, can't imagine why. <laughs> no reason at all. No, nope. Dolly. No, no, no reason at all. Okay, that's twenty fucking islands I've been to, and no peaches. I'm getting me out here. But okay. I got. Uh, 199. <laughs> We're 46 minutes in. Do you want to bet how much how much of this podcast have we actually talked about Lord of the Rings? 345 fucking weeks. How much of this podcast has just been me going off the rails? I don't know, but... Give, give, give us some of your takes on Lord of the Rings. Give us something spicy. Me. Yes, you, Kiara. Kiara. Who do you think I'm talking to? Grandma behind you? If, if Grandma was behind us, we'd have an issue because she's no longer with us. We would have one of two potential issues. One, we'd have a ghost because the only grandmother we actually speak to is we actually spoke to has sadly since passed. A long time ago, we don't need condolences. We were like, I was like 14 when it happened, and I'm like, yeah, it was 2012. It was a long time ago. Or two, our dad's birthing unit has somehow found out where we lived and broke in, and that is a whole other problem. Of worms that we don't even want to bring up. Oh my god, that would be scary. That would be scary. That woman. I don't want to say she scares me because I've never met her, but she's the kind of woman that would scare me. 
I've collected 2,270 leads. Fantastic. Okay, Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm the kind of bitch where if I had access to time travel, I wouldn't be doing anything profound or interesting. I would just be going back in time to like 1994 and calling myself Snoop Cat. No reason, just because I'm a cunt. <laughs> really? Really? Really, darling. That's the kind of shit I would do with time travel. Hence the reason I cannot be trusted with that kind of technology. Anyway. I would freaking go back to early 2020 and change fucking everything I fucking did. Because there's still issues I need to work out from that and if it never happened, I wouldn't have to worry about it. But I digress. Okay, back to Lord of the Rings. Yes, because I just got Give off. Give us some spice! Spill the tea! But if I spill the tea, then I'm gonna be fucked. Why? Okay. So, the, the time I fell in love with Keely was around the time that. I don't think they want to hear you talk about how you fell in love with Kelly. Talk about how fucking mad you are about his death. Oh, you've opened up a can of worms! This is the perfect place to be opening said can of worms. Now, Dolly, do it. You're a bitch. Do it! I lost my goddamn noodle. Like, ask Dolly. Yes, she did. It's even worse because, as some of you may or may not know, they all fucking live in the book. So, you know. Anyway. I lost my goddamn noodle because the minute I saw that, and then I saw Philly die, I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And then Thorin. Thorin. Thorin! Died. Yep. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? All the boys are gone. I'm like, now who's gonna take over Erebor? And that's when I decided <clears throat> that my character would be having Killy's baby to carry on the legacy of Erebor. But there was an issue with that. Because Killy said to take on the like the role of taking over Erebor, because technically she would be carrying an heir. Well, in a letter that Thorin left her, he says to get away from Erebor and go live a life, live a life, and not have to worry about the gold that was in there. And just. My character, I can't remember what my character's name was, but she lost her fucking noodle. And in our role play, my character actually goes berserk. As she always does in scenarios like this. Just ask her what happens when her OC for Fred finds out he's dead. No! No, Jamie, Jamie watched that shit happen. She watched it. 
She was right there fighting one of the Death Eaters. Oh. And she saw one of the Callaways. Caros? The Caros. I swear, I think it was the female who killed him. She literally pulled a fucking matrix on this bitch. She got her on her neck and snapped her neck. Ooh, that's... Graphic, I know. Yeah. Uh, she was pissed, and so was I. Like, you don't kill off my, my, my husbands. Again, Kiara has husbands. I have sons. Because I'm a fucking lesbian. I, I, that, 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 oh, whoo. The, like. Well, technically you could call me a lesbian, but I don't know all the proper. Listen, here I listen. am on pan. I, I'm still working out what the yeah, hell romantic. is. I, I'm still working out what the hell is going on with this, like, whole thing. My, my gender is a sea turtle choking on a six-pack container, okay? <laughs> that was you can laugh at that, laugh. I'm laughing at it. No, no, I was gonna laugh and then I burped and I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I do weird shit. I'm, as you can tell, I am not used to doing a podcast. Like, I'm used to, like, I'm not even used to doing videos. Like, which you have not done in a couple of days. I know, I said I'd be uploading at least four to five times a week. Four to five days a week. But, yeah, it's been so hot in our apartment that I just, and I've been sleeping a lot. We both have. Due to insomnia, which sucks like balls. Oh, I hate it so much. But you just had, gotta stare at the ceiling for three hours and go, Am I tired yet? Oh, no. fuck, it's four in the morning. Eh, I'll try again. And then you turn around and it's late outside and you're like, Shit. And then you're realizing it's check day and you gotta get the fuck out of bed. Yeah. Which is probably what I'm gonna do tomorrow. Wait, I used to get such. Or, yeah, tomorrow. I used to get such bad insomnia before our check night, our check days, because number one, we always order breakfast. Um, we usually get like McDonald's or A&W, something like that. It's a treat day. So my brain is like, you know, amped up on that. But like, I also have anxiety because I, I am really shitty at like, I'm really shitty at math. So in my head, that translates to I'm not going to be good with money. And I have a lot of financial anxiety. So why the hell am I talking about this on a podcast about fandoms? I am so sorry, y'all. I do not need to be trauma dumping on you. Is this trauma dumping or venting? This is either way. Either way, this is not the place for it. I'm very sorry. Um... Kiara! Yes! I'm here! Okay, give us a rundown of what it, what would change in your OC's story if Killy lived. Oh boy, <laughs> you're really asking me this. Um... I think... 
it would have changed immensely because they would have been ruling Erebor. Which means you would have had another OC for Lord of the Rings. Yes. So it's like... We're like 55 minutes in. I'm just trying to fill this shit with stuff about, uh, like, actually about Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah. which, which, which of, like, the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, which one is your favorite movie? Um, I would have to say The Hobbit. Because, especially in the Battle of the Five Armies. Okay, so you mean... I mean, what? The Battle of the Five Armies movie, then, is your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Battle of the Five Armies. Well, it's not my absolute favorite. It's my one of my favorites because there's a scene that Legolas is, like, kind of climbing back up on falling br- pieces of uh, bridge. And we always sit there and we're like, and I'll try defying gravity. It just... It, mm, it just comes to mind. <laughs> and it's just, it's hilarious to just... So, out of all six films, Battle of the Five Armies is your favorite. Ah. Uh, no! Damn fucking... Yeah, it was a scorpion! I ran right into it because I wasn't focusing. Um. Anyway. My favorite... Out of all six films? Out of all six would have to be... Return of the King. Return of the King. Because the ending just... It it, it just sums up the entire series. Like, there, there, there really couldn't have been... It's satisfying. Yes, there couldn't have been a better way to have ended the series. There couldn't have been. What did I say? Could have. There couldn't have been. My favorite movie out of all six films um, is probably Two Towers. Why is that? Um, <clears throat> solely because of they're taking the hobbits to Isengard! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry! It's, but it's a very close tie with the first Lord of the Rings movie because I, I go based solely off quotes that are memorable. And there are a lot of memorable quotes in the first one. Like, uh. Fellowship. Mushrooms! Fellowship. Fellowship. Like, th- there's the mushrooms quote. And then there. Yes, we've had one breakfast. But what about second breakfast? Actually, I said. Um, Kiara, that is a meme earlier this year, except it was, we've had one pandemic, yes, but what about the second one? No! (laughs) Or lockdown, lockdown. Not pandemic, thank you. We've had one lockdown, yes, what about the second one? (laughs) You're going to kill everybody here. Memes um, are the only thing that have saved me this past two years, okay? I think, though, in terms of ranking the movies on which is better... Yeah? I'd have to rank 
um, uh, what's it called? Um, I've, I've blanked on what I was going to say here. If we're going to rank them, I'll, I'll start because I have the idea of the order that I have. If we're ranking them, I would have to say Two Towers, Fellowship of the Ring, Return of the King, The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies, Desolation of Smog. I put Desolation of Smog last because it feels like such a filler no! I was I was supposed to go to the fucking community building. Like you contrast Desolation of Smog with Two Towers. Two Towers, like shit, fucking happens. Mm. Like plot progressing shit. Desolation of Smog is like sixty percent side quest. I made it. I made it for the second day. It hadn't struck midnight quite yet. Sorry, I was just so happy about that. <laughs> like, e- even people who like the Hobbit series will tell you, yeah, Desolation of, S- of Smog is basically like filler film. It's the side quest. Like, they don't even actually get back to their goal until, like, three quarters of the fucking way through the film. Desolation? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I'm sitting there going, okay, your point. And then they get to the battling of Smog. And it's like, oh, shit's finally going down. He doesn't even die until the third film. So how is it any kind uh, of... Smog? He dies in Desolation. Because they take him out over the town. Yeah. But you don't like... Because actually- the kid... No. Was it the kid or was it... Bard. Bard and his son. Bard and his son because... Bard used his son as a freaking bow. Yes. Which is the dumbest shit I've ever Actually, seen in my no. life. No. No. It wasn't dumb. That was a test of his son's strength and the trust towards his father. Okay, but it was... didn't a, move. It was a fucking dumb scene. Let's be honest. Like, no. No, 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 no. Technically no. speaking, Can't it was a you. dumb scene. No. That was the best scene of the whole thing because I would argue the best scene of the whole thing is watching the ta- the, mm, the the ma- the mayor watching the mayor get crushed by a fucking dragon along with his stupid sidekick. No, his sidekick lived. Oh, to the third film. But every time they were on screen, me me and uh, Kiara was just going master of the house, <laughs> keeper yeah, of the, the zoo. zoo. <laughs> like, he literally gave off. Like, he was the master of Lake Town? Master of Lake Town. He just gave off those pipes. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um, like, rounding back off to the scene with Bard and his son, like, in terms, in terms of storytelling, that's a good scene. In terms of believability, that shit's fucking dumb. That, that shit's so fucking dumb. And it took me right out of the film. It took me right out of the film. Because I'm like, no, nobody would, no. Like, how do I say this? 
If you are a parent using your child as a bow to shoot a dragon, I think maybe you have some, like, priority problems. Um, <clears throat> because literally, they could, they didn't have to have the bow break. They didn't have to. Well, it was because the dragon, the dragon did it, right? Like, like I said, from a storytelling perspective, in terms of character growth, that's kind of an okay scene. Like, at least from a storytelling perspective, that's a good scene. There's tension, it works. The problem is, how the fuck are you going to use a human shoulder to shoot off a fucking arrow? And better yet, how are you going to do that in a way where you don't have the freaking bowstring nearly decapitate the kid? I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Actually, well... You can't it even. It wasn't a bow in particular. It was a. It was a crossbow. But he had to use it as an actual bow, near the end. And that, after it was shot, the kid ducked. His son ducked, which got him out of the line of fire to be decapitated. Yes, but it was. It was still a dumb scene. It was still like I'm sorry. I. <laughs> The only way it would have been made just a smidge more realistic is if you could see the trail of piss running down the kid's leg. I'm sorry. I am sorry. That's a valid situation to piss yourself in. <sighs> it was... Yeah, fuck. Sarah. Least favorite scene in the film. Oh, God. Um... Oh god, you're really asking me that. Yeah, I did. Because if we both agree it's the weakest of the Hobbit trilogy, what's your least favorite scene in Desolation of Smog? Oh. Um. Can I tell you mine? Maybe it'll get your memory working? Yeah. The entire barrel riding scene out of, out of the fucking, uh, uh, out of Mirkwood was, like, you would think that my hatred towards the bow and arrow scene is enough, but holy god, the barrel riding scene, un, like, it seethes such an anger in me that you could destroy the one ring, okay? Like, that's how much I hate the barrel riding scene, because what the fuck purpose does that serve? What fucking purpose? Oh my god! It, 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 number one, it's the dumbest way to escape when you've got all these fucking elves shooting arrows at you. Like, what in the hell? What in the hell? Two, if you're looking to make a quick escape, you ain't going very fast, because as fast as the current's going, you could probably run faster. And number three, like, mm, you're riding in barrels. You hit a rock, you're fucked. Like, 
it it reeks of somebody going, we'll make this scene and then they'll make it a freaking ride somewhere. And I'm like, you ever watch like Disney films and you see something and you're like, well, that's going to be a ride at Disneyland. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what that felt like. That's what watching the barrel riding scene felt like. And then they were getting chased and shot at by orcs, too, and, like, it, it's a pointless scene that has, like, no business being in a Lord of the Rings film. I don't care if it's not actually Lord of the Rings, it's got no fucking business being in my Lord of the Rings movies. No. All right, Kiara. Bring some downer energy to this, okay? Because I think I've been too high energy this entire podcast. (laughs) I'm still thinking of Legolas. Oh my god! Is your least favorite scene any scene he's in with Tario? All of those scenes. All of those scenes. Yeah, you can tell. Well, there's also... Me hating the fact of Killy's relationship with, um... She's connected to both of them, so I could kind of see why you wouldn't like her. Yeah! Like, no, they're both mine, so fuck off, bitch. <laughs> well, and not only that, like, as a character, Tario wasn't even that good. Like, this is no actual hate to, like, whoever decided to put another female character in Lord of the Rings, like... Good job for you. You get a golden sticker. But, like, Tario wasn't the character to be, to be like, fucking around that with. Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. She was a weak character. And I get that. I, a lot of people have said that. I quite agree. She, she didn't really contribute much to the story anyway. Like, I think they wanted to have another Eowyn and Arwen but all they really got was like like they kept talking about how badass she was she wasn't that badass we got like three scenes of her doing anything that wasn't fawning over Killy or snide talking to Legolas like really? Like, I get, I get that, like, you want to talk about that, you want to talk about Arwen's contribution to Lord of the Rings, but bitch, if it hadn't been for Arwen, how the fuck would Frodo have gotten across that river? Fucking fight me. I quite agree with you. And Galadriel. Galadriel, I like Galadriel as a character just because, like, She's interesting in a way that she's powerful and you kind of see that power. But she's really good at keeping that power contained because she knows that she could not control it if she let it go. Whereas you contrast this with Arwen. Arwen is powerful in like her own way because even though you don't get to see her fight except in like deleted cutscenes, she 
she doesn't have to be established as a warrior to be considered a powerful character. Because, like, number one, you can just kind of tell with the elves in general that they're... There isn't really none of that sticky gender business of being like, well, you're a woman, so you can't fight. You know? At least you get that sense from the movies. Even though, like, most of the elves... I like the... The interesting thing about the elves, when you watch the films, is you see so few female elves, but you never see them in, like... You never really see them in traditional female roles. True. Like... Yeah, Arwen is technically, like, a princess, but, like, from the way she behaves in the films, you also kind of get the sense that she behaves, I guess, in a sense, she fills a role of, like, ruler and warrior. She has that, like, multifaceted kind of being. And then with Galadriel, you don't get the sense that her being queen means she has, like, no power, no say, whatever like that. They might be, like, queens and princesses, but they don't... They don't show it, except for Galadriel. They don't fit the roles in a way that's typical. And also, you notice all the servers in the Lord of the Rings films of the elves, all of their like servants that are shown on screen, they're male. I don't want to make a feminist thing about this. I'm just saying I feel like that's doing something. It was awesome, to be honest. All of the female characters in Lord of the Rings, at least the films, they all have speaking roles, they all have basic arcs, they might be smaller arcs, but they are still arcs, and they still have an importance to the story in one facet or another. True. Oh god, we're at like 1 minute 15 now, holy crap. An hour and 14 minutes? An hour and 15 minutes. What do you think? Should we uh, start wrapping her up? What do you guys think? Should we wrap it up? Or should we continue on? Trish, you know this is a recording software, right? I know. You called me. Trish, or Kiara. Retake. Kiara, you know I'm recording this, right? They can't, they can't talk to us. I don't know, maybe we should at least just... One of these days I'm going to find a way to open up like a live chat while we're doing this so that we can look at, so that um, you can look at your phone and you can watch the chat while we discuss and I record. What do you think of that? Leave a comment if you guys think we should do that. We have like five listens on SoundCloud, okay? 
Maybe not right away. This is all I'm gonna say. But, um, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us. This has been the Fanny Pack Podcast with Dolly and Kiara. See you next week. Bye. Bye.